0: A listener Production. Welcome back. Great to have you listening to episode 133 of the Howie Games Part B, featuring the first Sudanese-born man to play AFL football, Jack Dorr. What you're about to listen to contains a description of suicide. Lifeline provides compassionate support for people in crisis. Call 13 11 14 for 24-7 crisis support. That's 13 11 14. If life is in danger, call triple zero. Let's continue. Mate, y- y- your footy career. Um, tell us about around 4, 2013... Uh, I watched the video. I watched Brad presenting you with the jumper, naming you as the 975th player from the Kangaroos, and it, it's. I watched it a couple of times. It really got me, actually. Madge, 975th player to wear this jumper, mate. And always say to our boys when you put this jumper on, mate. Great responsibility is expected, and for the other 21 players who represent the club today, we just support this bloke. We've worked extremely hard to get this opportunity. You deserve every second of it, Madge. Thank you. Yes. What are your memories of your your first game of footy? Because, well, as we'll get to, it was over. It started spectacularly and it was over in a hurry. But what are your memories of becoming the 975th player to play for the Kangaroos? And people now understand where you've come from and where you've grown up and what your background is. And you've made the big time, mate. It's like, it's amazing, Madge. It it really is amazing.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, uh, I was was so excited. And um, I guess, you know, just... Because I had to wait for my time to make my debut. Um, I was drafted with blokes like Ben Cunnington, Jamie Millen, and um, by then they've, they've, I think they've played twenty or thirty odd games uh, at that stage. And here I am about to make my debut. Um, yeah, I get my jumper, mum and dad, and. Um, Asked the club for, I think it was around 75 tickets. <laughs>
0: That's no <a> bad start. <laughs> yeah. Good on you, mate. Yeah. Good on you.
1: So I've gone and asked him for all these tickets. Everyone rocks up. And um, uh, the first, I think, you know, the f- first centre bounce, ball comes in, they go for a mark and they take a mark. I go back and I kick my first goal.
0: At which point Dwayne Russell says, oh, baby, no way. And
1: Majak Door the target for the first inside 50. Oh, oh. baby! No way! <laughs> <laughs> what a jump. First up,
0: Magic Door. Long ball coming in. His opponent had great position. What a great just, shot of that yeah, with Michael Voss. Even he's excited, I know. He's not allowed to be excited, but it's hard not to be. What a magic moment. I don't know how many times you've watched it, but i watched it a few now. Oh, baby, no way. Like, you take <laughs> this, it goes inside 50, the first 15 seconds of the game, and then you just float and it's just bang. And then I think Drew Petrie came and had a quick word to you. I don't know what he said to you. I don't know if you remember. And then...
1: He told me to calm down. Uh, I was so excited. I don't think I was <laughs> even. I wasn't allowed to be excited for my first for my first goal. But um, yeah, went back and kicked the goal. He knows how big a moment this is for him. First game, first shot at goal, and let's hope the first of many. And here they come, Jared. That's a roar. That is just a fantastic
0: moment. You'll see that moment thirty five thousand times this week.
1: <laughs> and you know, bikes like Lindsay Thomas, um, Daniel Wells. Um, everyone just got around me and um, yeah, uh, celebrated my first goal. But then um, I was playing on big Source Merritt, Daniel Merritt. Um, he's a he was a he's a big lad and he was trying to he was coming after me. So and then uh, yeah, I think halfway through the quarter uh, I was tackled and collided with Ben Cunnington's head and I came off second best and I was concussed. I think you have got it spot on there, Jared, with the head clash. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yep. So they'll bring the stretcher out here. Guys, great news down here. Mad Jack has come back. You see there the footage. He's sitting on the bench. Uh, looks to be okay, but obviously, again, very disappointing for him because the start of the game was just magnificent. Then I uh, went down to the rooms and could not remember a thing. Um, they told me to kick to goal, which was nice, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that was it. Um, Short lived debut, but yeah. Uh,
0: and. Did that, I know you talk about in the book that your, your mum especially is like, oh, that game's too rough. Like she's come to watch you and your dad's there and uh, everything she's thought is proven the case when, when you're <laughs> off on a stretcher, mate. Like, you know, in her eyes, I guess that's what she was telling you to look out for.
1: Yeah, I mean, even till this day, she's always reminding me to just be careful, um, <laughs> don't get hurt. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's part of footy. It, it happens and... Uh, yeah, it just had to be that day,
0: didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Mate, mate, uh, round seven. So your fourth game versus the Dogs. Mm-hmm. Runs the middle, pumps it, mad door. Oh,
1: yep, on the third grab. From North Melbourne's first. She strikes it well. Doesn't get any better than that.
0: It's You've just put on a display.
1: Scoops it up. High bomb from Mullet. Door, oh, can he get there? You bet he can.
0: He's got 2 a little bit of a stutter in the middle of his run-up at times. Not that time. Perfect. Mate, you've kicked six. You're snapping them.
1: Hands it off to Thomas. Magic door, one-on-one. Too
0: good. He could be the difference. Mountain of a man doing a mountain of work. Not back in front. Yeah, kicking goals. You're taking marks. Um. That I, I presume that's one of the best days you've ever had on a footy field.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A wobbler, full forward, door, front spot, and that's position 1A in uh, this business. He could be the match winner. Massive moment. 3 quarter siren, not far away. Awesome. It was, um, I don't know, everything just clicked, but I think, you know, it was, I think his name was, was it Lewis Young? or Yeah, yeah,
0: that's him. Yeah,
1: he was pretty tiny, so... Um, I felt sorry for him. I mean, it was a good it was a good match up for me. Uh, not so much for him, but um, yeah, everything clicked. I um, marking the ball with one grab, and um, it was one of those games where um, where it was just a lot of good 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 reward for hard work and. Um, uh, they gave they gave me a lot of belief. Twelve metres out, almost directly in front. You'd have to fall over to miss this one. He comes in and kicks goal number six. And then uh, I soon realised, uh, I thought that night, geez, how easy is AFL <laughs> <How> footy? <funny. laughs> uh, yeah, so, no, it was nice. It was nice.
0: Mate, frequent listeners to this show know I've got a couple of kids who often ask a question of the guest. Now, uh, like many children, and this is the effect you've had, we, we, we've talked earlier on about the effect you can have in migrant communities, but just footy lovers love you and kids adore you because obviously you cut such a striking figure out on the football <laughs> field. And My my young fella, he's nine, but he's a Haw- massive Hawthorne supporter. But when we have a kick, mm-hmm. he wants to be Jack Door. When he's trying to take hangers, he's like, ah, oh. he'll go up and he'll go door, which is <laughs> um, which is brilliant, mate. So he he has a a question for you. His name is Mac, but his nickname is the Big Penguin. He gave it himself. I won't bother to explain it to you. But um, are you ready to take the question from the Big Penguin, Madge? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Hi, Jack. Big Penguin here. First off, I love watching you play footy. You're one of my favourite players. I love watching you take huge marks and running down the wing. Anyway, I think you've got huge muscles. (laughs) My dad trains every day almost to get big muscles, but his muscles are tiny.
1: Oh, come on, (laughs) big.
0: How do you make your muscles so big?
1: How do I get them so big? That's the question. Yes,
0: that's the question.
1: Just um, eat, eat, eat my veggies and make sure you know good, good diet. Um, but um, got to thank mum and dad for good genes. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those questions I get asked a lot. But I, um, putting putting on muscles, that have been an issue. Um, but big penguin uh, mate, if you took me out, um, on a on a surfboard to surf. <laughs> I would, I'd be, I'm hopeless. Um, So that's one thing your old man has.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll we'll do that. We'll get you down because I've no doubt you'd love it. But mate, just a question on that. Obviously, you know, you train hard. All AFL athletes train hard. But I gotta say it, mate. Like your rig. Is out of this world. <laughs> like it, 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 I, 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 I talk, We talk about this in commentary when you're playing, <laughs> and we say along the lines of, "And Wayne Carey said it, the greatest player to ever play for the Kangaroos, that there is no better physical specimen to ever play the game of AFL football."
1: Oh man, that's. Uh, I'm very, um, very humbled, and thanks to the king. Uh, yeah, Mike Matt, it's, uh, it's been. Um, it's been one of those things. But even when I first came to North Melbourne, I um. I had the physique, but I didn't, um, didn't have the strength to match. So I went to work, um, uh, you know, got really strong and, um, you know, at one stage, um, I was one of the strongest players there at the club. And yeah, just really lucky with some really good genetics and, uh, the boys at North Melbourne did, they put, they put together a really good program. Uh, that complimented my, um, my body and, Yeah, so, um...
0: I I can see you're uncomfortable talking about it because I know you're a (laughs) modest man, but just one final quick... Like, do the boys in the gym get round and say, have a look at the guns on our man or not?
1: Yeah, Stephen May, uh, he's always always commenting on the guns. Um, (laughs) The boys have a pipe session um, uh, once a week. uh, (laughs) Win win the morning, win the day. So uh, they do a pipe session and I... um, I haven't gone to one yet. I'm just, I
0: wouldn't be able to run. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Imagine the size you blow up. So, mate, you mentioned like four games. And you, I think, how easy is AFL? Just a final question on footy for you. Mm. So, what challenges did you face, and are you still facing? You're obviously now at the Melbourne Football Club. Coming to the game at thirteen or fourteen, as opposed to kids that grow up in this part of the world coming to the game at four or five like you would have to soccer
1: uh yeah I mean the, the challenges are is obviously you know the the, the footy smart uh, you know just being able to read what's unfolding ahead and um, you know and creating space for yourself this is as a forward and then um, I guess around a contest um, uh, decisions to go to go forward or go back or run for a handball or receive or to go and win the ball yourself so um there were there were there were there were the big challenges for me um I had to watch a lot of footy watch a lot of vision uh, but then when I transitioned um to down back um everything just changed um I could see the game um huh. could, could see the game so much better and I just played on instinct where just just um if you can, if i think if i can think. Uh, I'm going to mark the ball then go for it if not just punch it so the game was a little bit more simplified for me and, um, and that really helped my forward craft uh, because then I wasn't running under the ball um, I was sort of just waiting um, and then build connections uh, with some of the midfielders because some guys like to kick on their left foot or mm. some some guys um, like to take space and then deliver the ball in so all all, all those sorts of stuff um that that you learn from a young age. I didn't didn't um, didn't have that opportunity. But um yeah, there there are times where uh there are games where I have fade outs in between quarter to quarter, but then there are games where it just clicks. So yeah.
0: So when you were starting off your career and we mentioned the goals you kicked and it was remiss of me not to mention at the start your journey from Sudan that you're the first Sudanese-born player to play in the AFL in senior footy. Do you know if that was reported back, and and it's been delivered back through family friends? Whether this made news back in your homeland?
1: Yeah, so they 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 um they they heard that I was playing professional um professional sports in Australia, uh, yeah. but they didn't know they didn't know footy. They didn't know what footy was. <laughs> Um my dad's been back a few times and he's taken he's taken a footy back and uh I suppose now now that South Sudan is really uh, prospering and becoming a, a a country in in their own right um and and with that comes access to media um there's a lot of there's a lot of footy fans back in um back in South Sudan so is it Yeah um yeah I've, I've been told of that a few times now so um I hope to one day, you know, I mean, I'm going to go back and um, maybe um, we can develop a, uh, an academy or some, 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 so- mm-hmm. some sort of way where we can expose the people to, um, to footy. So.
0: so what does it mean to you? Because now we are seeing Sudanese athletes or Australian athletes, now we're seeing Australian athletes that were born in Sudan making their pathway in all sorts of sports, whether it be football or soccer, or basketball as the first AFL footballer, what does it mean to you? And how do you feel when now you see these other guys like Aliyah coming through? And you know, there's there's uh Jath from Hawthorne, and they are bringing y- your your people are bringing such a wonderful new injection into our game. And you led that, you're the first to do that, Madge.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's um. Look, I, I, I feel I feel uncomfortable about it when people tell me that I should um, should take credit, um, you know, for being the first one and all that stuff. But it's great. I reckon, Howie. Once I'm a bit older, I'll um, I'll appreciate um, yeah I'll appreciate that a bit more. Um, but I guess um, you know the the biggest thing I'm I'm really proud of is um, I guess you know once I will retire in a few years' time or at the end of the year. Um, and then you know once Ali and Jeff when they when they finish up, but then I hope I hope the journey um, for multicultural um, athletes is a bit easier compared to the journey I had because I um, I remember you know being being from a, from a big family that um, wearing uh, one pair of footy boots for one season uh, for a couple of seasons it's um, just the norm and uh, it was tough. Uh, you know paying for footy fees um, you know uh transport to um to games and training uh just just little things you know kids here take for granted and i think i uh, i i i hope i hope, hope that enough to go through um uh those challenges i think those i hope those challenges are uh uh are not are not there anymore going forward because that that's what really gets in the way of um of, uh, of migrant kids God. trying to take up sports, so um, yeah, there will there, be more playing uh, in the next few years. Um, uh, and
0: and, and, we'll, and we, what will what will happen, Madge, is there will be a young fella or a young girl make their debut, mm-hmm. and they will say, "Why did you get into footy?" And they say, "We'll say I was watching Friday night football, and I saw Magic Door." And I wanted to do that. And I know you're still currently an athlete, so it must be hard to relate to that. But, Mad, that will happen. Yeah. And, like, I talked about at the start about the tremendous gift that your book is giving. Like, what? That, that's amazing that people will look and say, right, well, I got into this because I saw him doing it.
1: Mm. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's wonderful. And I think that's one thing about sports that um, uh, just the power of influence because you, you just never know who's watching Um and I think if along if I um I guess if I gave up on footy along the way then I, w- I wouldn't have that opportunity to be able to influence people and um, yeah and I think uh, yeah it's a our, our game looks better when um you know when there's people like me playing when there's a Lee, Lee um you know running off the halfback uh, it's a great look yeah
0: it is it is it's a it is it's a fantastic look mate you talk in depth in your book, Madge, about mental health and the struggles you've had. And we get to this point of the podcast where probably you need to take over the story and talk about what you're comfortable talking about. In the book, you describe it in great detail. I'm sure talking about things like this with Heath in a room is very different to sitting here over Zoom and chatting with me, knowing that people are going to hear the words you're about to speak. So Whatever you want to talk about, I'm more than happy to listen to Madge. But or, or, or the only way to start the conversation is, what does mental health mean to you, mate?
1: Ah, uh, mental health. I think yeah, it was a it was something I um, I guess I was aware of, but didn't really have a, a fair bit of knowledge on. And we get taught as um, as footballers, you know, the PA they do a great job in terms of educating players, but. I think, um, you know, being in a male dominant, um, sport, um, there was something I thought, ah, you know, it, it, it would never happen to me. And, uh, and that thought is, is quite, is, is quite a, um, there's an arrogant thought and there's a, and there's a dangerous way of thinking because, uh um, no one's immune, no one's immune to mental health. And like I found out, um, you know, back in 2018 and playing footy, um, had my best, my best season to date. Um, and uh, at the end of that season, I played played through a uh, with a broken navicular. Uh, I got through the end of the season, and I was absolutely absolutely exhausted. And you know, there, there, there'd be things that happened during the year, and I'd just brush that to the side and really don't deal with it. Minor um, minor minor things. Um, if I was, you know, if I was feeling um, if I was feeling a bit flat. Um, just ignore it, or or go out with the boys and get on the piss, and um, that was that was a way of, um, of dealing with things, um, you know, um, drinking heavily. And then at the end of the, the end of that season, um, I was I was having issues with my partner at the time, and um, and would argue a fair bit, but um, but there was also other stuff that I that I was dealing with, and to be quite honest, I didn't quite understand. Um, so um, some of it was environ- was in was my environment, and some of it was uh things from the past uh, like my court case and all that stuff that I just chose i, I just thought would um I, you'd be right, you know eventually it will all disappear, and uh things will move on, but it didn't and uh the drinking got worse, uh, I was drinking a fair bit there's a there was a, there was a bit going on. There was in Melbourne at the time those events, and, and I got to I got to uh, most events with teammates or friends. Um, where in fact that I um, you know in, uh, it was brewing um, uh, for something bigger, but I just I just chose to ignore it and just didn't um, just didn't give it the time that it needed, and uh, caught up caught up caught up with me and. Uh, the first, the first time that I um, that I that I tried to kill my kill myself was um, as alcohol involved too. Um, the first incident, and I think that should have been uh, the biggest, uh, the biggest and final um, warning that I need to do something about it properly and take uh, take ownership. Um, and I didn't because um, my ego was getting the better of me, and I just. Chose to ignore it. Um, uh, relationship issues were still around, um, and uh, to the point where it was, yeah, it was affecting. It was affecting me, affecting people around me. I became really distant from my family, um, and that was sort of my grounding. Um, when things went going well, I'd, I'd head home a bit more and spent time with mum and dad. And uh, I, d- I didn't tell them that that, that that's what was happening. Um, the club doctor. I made him aware of it. Um, told Emily when I finally admitted it. Uh, the the first the first um, the first incident or the first attempt. Uh, I told. Um, I rang two of my best mates and then rang Pete, and uh, then rang Emily. Um, and that I just just broke down in my living room and just it was just a mess. Um, just because finally, for the first time in my life, that I can admit um, I've got depression and mental health is, uh, is getting the better of me. So then uh, we decided that we we're gonna start seeing um, a psych uh, that I used to work with. Um, uh, we started doing some work. I was due to see a, a psychiatrist, but he was away on holidays at the time. And then uh, two weeks later, and uh, we had a big fight emily and i uh, and it was uh I was, it was it was alcohol was involved again and uh this time around i um uh i was i was completely i was depleted just, just, just was sick all that week um just had no energy and and uh and I got on the piss that night it was a it was a Sunday night. Uh, from memory, uh, I tried to cut my wrist with a Stanley knife, and, and uh, uh, that didn't work. And then, um, and uh, tried to hang myself, and then um, that didn't work either. So then, by this time, I grabbed my car keys and hopped in the car, and decided, ah, that's it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end my life, and. Uh, luckily enough, I uh, I broke my, my pelvis and back, and uh, swam to the surface. And the ambulance, the ambulance staff, uh, the crew got there pretty quickly, and and uh, and that was it for me. You know, I'm pretty lucky to be around and talking to you today, doing this podcast.
0: Good evening. The AFL is under fire tonight after North Melbourne star Mad Jack almost died when he plummeted from the Balti Bridge. The defender is recovering in hospital as the league is urged to do more to protect players' mental health. Fun with friends on Sunday. Mad Jack at a South Melbourne bar the night before a shocking 25-metre fall from the Balti Bridge.
1: Majak's sustained very serious injuries to his hips and pelvic region. He's currently in a stable condition and he's expected to be operated on in the next few days.
0: The 27-year-old was pulled from the Yarra River just after 11 last night.
1: It was the first time ever where I couldn't run, I couldn't hide, uh, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. Um, Just there, laying in hospital, uh, helpless. Now, mum and dad know they they knew the hard way. Could have been could have been a lot easier if I just told them what I was going through and they would have just helped me uh, with the whole thing. So, yeah.
0: Madge Um. It's a really difficult story to hear, and you've told it pretty honestly. There to be completely frank with you, mate. Um. So. After what you went through, Madge, mm. if you could grab yourself a month, two months, three months before you tried to end your own life,
1: mm.
0: what would you say to yourself that you've learnt since that, thank Christ thank Christ, you're still here to tell us about it?
1: I think the biggest thing is um, it's uh, we're, we're caught up in our own little bubble sometimes and um, things are never as bad as they are. Uh, they're never as good as what they seem, and um, that it's okay to um to tell people that look i I'm struggling um, i'm not coping with things um, you know finding it hard to um, <clears throat> operate throughout the day and that I need help and um, you don't have to tell i don't have to tell the whole world um, could have just i told enough people but also um just admitting that, that there is that there is um, something that needs fixing and I think the the only way I've been able to um, get out of you know my dark days is um, sitting down with the professionals and just unpacking everything um, understanding myself and um, because to be to be quite honest with you you know that that's, uh, the way the way I treated my way I treated myself and and um, wasn't I wasn't kind to um, to myself and I think uh, it's a that's a scary person when I look when I look back at that 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 bloke and um, that person's not around anymore because I am um, I'm grateful for a lot of things in my life uh, my little bloke I, I love him so much and um, you know I, I um, he's, he's my reason um, you know for being around and. I want to make sure that he grows up, his dad's around, um, teach him all the great things my dad has taught me. Uh, but also at the same time, um, just being able to help blokes because I know a lot of blokes don't uh, have been in my position uh, far too often. And uh, it's not an easy conversation to have with people, but I think uh, by me taking up this initiative and writing this book and talk about talking about my struggles Someone who's played footy, uh, came, came from a different country, <laughs> didn't learn a word of English. <clears throat> um, anything's possible. And I think, um, yeah, I think the perspective around mental health needs to change and can only change uh, by people like me uh, <clears throat> owning their owning their own their mistakes, their mistakes, experience their experiences, and sharing with other people. Um, but it
0: Majit's, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you've said, but you and I know each other as casual acquaintances at the footy like that's a big step to mm-hmm. to go and describe in detail as you've had just then the lowest of your lows, knowing that you know people are going to people are going to hear this, and they're going to go, Oh my God mm. um I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I think I'm trying to say I'm not equipped to deal with a conversation like this is the first thing I'm, I'm trying to say to you. But the other thing I'm trying to say is we use this term courage in sport. You you, you sitting there telling me that is a whole nother level of courage.
1: Sorry, man. Yeah. I, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't be sorry. I mean, it's, uh, look, uh, I've, I've had my time to, um, you know, when I was writing this book, it was, it was quite, uh, it was quite therapeutic and, um, a lot of weight has, has been lifted off my shoulders. No, uh, it's more, um, it's more around, um, it's more around my little one um, Hendrix and I think I, um, I, I don't want him to, you know, I can't, I can't stop him from ever going through any hardship or anything like that, but. Um you know if we if if he ever did um I want to make sure that i've done everything i can um i 've been through it and um and if i haven't done something about it, then um, i've let him down uh, and I think also having that having that opportunity and the gift we spoke about earlier um, I think this is one of those things um yeah, it's not easy, um, but I think uh, yeah, it's just one of those things I felt like will help me uh, in my life going forward. Um,
0: and it, mate, it, it will help. It will help so many other people because. Like we mentioned, your physical presence—like people look at you and think, "Wow, have a look at the size of this man!" Because of your physical presence, it it go it like it goes back to like superheroes that you know, Superman or they couldn't be beaten. And what we're beginning to understand <laughs> is that it doesn't matter how physically you look; mentally, completely be can be completely different. And because you're such an amazing, strong-looking man, I think you're showing. People that physical strength is only one part of the equation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, man. It's a, and I think that's just, that's, that's a, that's a stigma that's been so hard to, um, mm. to be broken down for years because, yeah, it has. Folks don't talk about their struggles. Um, but, you know, we'll go out and play footy and, uh, crash and bash into each other. Um, and that's, uh, and that's regarded as strength. I think um, the real strength is if we can talk about w- w- what's actually keeping us up at night, and if we can find ways around it, um, because it, 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 it's costly in so many ways. I mean, sat missed two years of footy. Not not that footy's everything. Um, yeah. You know, missed out on games that I could have could have played, and uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, I guess the emotional toll that it's taken on my family um, at the time. So it's a. I think the alternative is uh, is far more better than you know going the other way. So.
0: Do you mind me asking how your mum and dad reacted to what happened?
1: Uh, ah, they they really struggled. Um, dad in particular, I think. Um, just that, and that's why I feel strongly about um, uh, trying to help other people uh, because he just. He was he was just so heartbroken that I didn't that I didn't come to him first and ask him for help and I think that was, he couldn't he 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 struggled, he really struggled with that with that aspect of it
0: back to Madge in a moment we've been fortunate enough to feature quite a few AFL stars on the show Brennan Favola episode 3 Chris Judd episode 32 Cyril Rioli the great man episode 56 Chris Scott episode 91 Nat Fife on episode 97 but episode 50 in the moment documentary series we were lucky enough to tell the phenomenal story of Jason McCartney footballer Bali bombing victim inspiration to many and a beacon of hope for Australia in what was a very very difficult good time for many Australians.
1: Friday the 6th of June 2003, Jason McCartney was preparing to play game number 182 of his AFL career, but this was no ordinary game. Got a phone call, not exactly sure how it was teed up, got the shock of my life, because it was the then Prime Minister John Howard. This was a game few believed Jason would ever play. And I thought, he's not going to be able to do this, I didn't think he'd be able to play footy. When I saw him in hospital, that was my immediate reaction. This bloke's just lucky to be alive. Mm. This is a story of pain, tragedy and horror. I'll I'll never forget, I looked over my left shoulder and the flames were just roaring up my T-shirt and up my neck, so just panic. It's a story of hope. I just remember on my knees in
0: front of her, holding onto her hands, just saying, you can't give up.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And it's a story of overcoming... Both for an athlete and a nation.
0: 237 days ago, Jason McCartney's world, that of our country, and so many others around this world exploded literally. And the Sari Club and Paddy's
1: Bar in Bali were ripped apart by a bomb. This is a story about giving everything you've got until you reach that one point, that one moment, where there is no more to give.
0: I think I've used up every inch of uh, my determination. Sprint. It's been a tough time, but that's enough for me, mate. That is the story of Jason McCartney on episode 50 of the podcast. Check it out. All righty, let's get back to Madge. Mate, um, uh, let's, let's, let's move on because I think we're both struggling in a little bit to get through this conversation, but I, I appreciate Yeah. How open you're being and why you are being so open. It's not necessarily what I expected this conversation to be. Let's let's move on to North Melbourne did an amazing job of documenting your physical comeback. So it could would you be happy to share the injuries that you received from the bridge? incident mm-hmm. a- and and I saw a video mate and I did not understand it was you <laughs> trying to take your first steps again H- how you managed to play football after that I don't know but mm-hmm. th- the physical damage you did to yourself and how you came back from that to be the athlete you are today is quite extraordinary Madge and I'm sure there was a lot of people who helped you on that journey
1: yeah um, I think I really when I found out I was gonna going be a father. And um, you know, I knew I only had a short amount of time to get myself right, get my body um, uh, back together, because um, uh, I wanted to come back and play footy um, first, and then also once my little one is old enough that I could run around with him. Um,
0: yep.
1: So those those were my two of my biggest goals that I wanted to achieve. Because if I because if I came back and played footy. Um, AFL footy. That meant that I, um, you know, that I was on well and truly on my way of healing and getting back uh, to a version of myself that that I knew. Um, that's, you know, uh, in the back in in the in the back of my head. That's that's what I. What did were both. your injuries? Do you mind me asking what yeah. your injuries were? So I, I broke both pelvises, um, both. Yeah, oh, uh, and then fracture. a fracture in my back and. Um, you know, I was really lucky in terms of uh, the hospital staff and the and the surgeon um, Andrew Opie. Uh, he did a wonderful job, and um, you know, the, and then um, the uh, uh, the rehab that, that was was very rigorous. Um, three times a day, seeing the physio, morning, uh, midday, and um, Late afternoon. Standing much. You... All the weight onto your hands. Okay, nothing on the right side. Can you hold it up? Yeah. Okay, now, wait here. You're able to let your hands loose a little bit. Like, I got a no. weight through the right side. Yeah? Um, and, um, and my psychiatrist, he was really strong on this in terms of being able to get enough exercise in, in the day. Um, to go to sleep tired because um, uh, we had a trade off. We had a deal. If I um, if I kept my end of the bargain with my rehab, then I wouldn't um, I wouldn't go on medication. Um, and that was really that that was a big part. Uh, that was a big thing for me not to take uh, uh, you know antidepressants or anything like that. And um, exercise pretty much you know uh, became everything for me uh And then we came back came back to the club um I was pretty tough seeing the boys again um what well, was tough about it um I was just uh the hardest part is that that's that's one of their teammates um, that's 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 just tried to kill himself and done that to himself and then um and now i'm back again on crutches um couldn't hide I couldn't hide everyone everyone could see um, but um, as soon as I got over that you know, it took me took me took me about a few weeks to um, get over the embarrassment and just get on with my um, with my rehab um, and they uh, and I and I I got a massive kick out of coming into the footy club every day seeing the boys um, it was hard not not being able to train and play but um, the, just the encouragement they gave me each milestone that I hit. and um, And yeah, I, um, I was really up to well, Yeah,
0: one of those one of those milestones, um, and I said the club did a fantastic job through Heath to, to, to catalog of it when I think it was you were running for the first time on the G machine and all the boys just came into the gym and they were just cheering for you and it was there was just so much um, love for you in the room match. Yeah.
1: yeah no it was it was incredible because I you know um, they, they had they had to make sure I was really safe to to run and um, yeah, not do any damage and um, so I had to pass some um, uh, some markers or parameters early that morning and go get a scan just to see if everything's right for me to run and uh, once I did I um oh, I just I don't know it was just a it was run unassisted on the Ultra G and then run outside. Uh, It was just a huge lift, Um, you know, just a boost of energy Um, because then I was allowed to drive by myself, do all sorts of stuff. So it was, yeah, it was amazing, yeah.
0: So, mate, we get to round nine 2020 versus the Adelaide Crows for the kangaroos and it was the biggest story In football for the year, maybe for five years, um, it was compared to uh, a former kangaroo player who's told his story on this show, Jason McCartney, and what he went through with Barley um, to come back and play footy. It was a story that we're all looking for, for a positive, for hope. I I don't know. Hope punk, I think, is the expression these days that the cool kids go with. As someone who's... uh lost family members through suicide. To see a young man reclaim his status, it's it's awesome for people like us. Yeah, you're right, Dermot. It is a real emotional time, and the courage that he's shown and, and the support our football club has shown, the great man has um, been second to none. He's got a chance to reclaim
1: that life today whether he plays well, good, bad, poorly, he's reclaimed his life today. And that's why I congratulate North Melbourne and Greece for the support around this young man.
0: But w- what did it mean to you that day? Like it was, you know, it was a remarkable day from the outside looking in. What was it like from the inside looking out match?
1: I um, I've, I've played that, I just, you know, always that moment in my mind. Oh, when will it come? When will I finally get my mind to play again? Um, I've just, just been building and building for it for a long time.
0: I'm fortunate enough to, to be able to present this to everyone, but uh, one of our own has been through a pretty um, substantial period in his life, no doubt. Um, but we've all been a part of the journey. Um, it's been 706 days since he's played AFL football. Uh, we've seen his journey. We've seen how much work he's done to get back to this point. Um, it's been an incredible journey, um, and this this feat that he's going to achieve this weekend is it's going to be one of the great stories in AFL footy. So, join with me, congratulating the big fella. And
1: yeah! yeah, I couldn't sleep the night before. Uh, we're up at Gold Coast. <laughs> I was just so excited. Um, I wasn't nervous because um, uh, people, people, a lot of people have asked me, oh, "What was it like? Were you nervous?" And I said. No mate, um, I've done the work. Two years of rehab. Um, I, I'm just more excited to get back out there and uh, play AFL footy, um, which is, you know, nothing. You know, and I said it at the time like nothing beats winning, but then when you win, when you win with your teammates, and they're there to celebrate it with you. Uh, I don't know. There's not a lot of things, and there's not too many things that. Um, Wherever it is, I mean, in the workplace, you know, if you do things together, because they've, they've been on the journey with me, they've seen me at my worst, and then, um, you know, to finally even kick that goal and they got around me, it was amazing. And now outley's off and running. He's got targets of plenty, he wants Mad Jack. And he gets Mad Jack. Big moment here for Mad Jack and for North Melbourne and for AFL football, much documented mental health and physical injury battle. In his return game, struck it pretty well. Get around him. It's an amazing story. It's a human triumph story. That's what it is.
0: Let's move on from footy. When, when your footy journey at the AFL comes to an end, where do you see yourself going next? You, you know, you, you're a you're a beacon for so many people in so many different community groups in this place. You've only lived in for 15 years, like, you, you could do so many things for so many different people. Mm. Where do you
1: see your next step? Um, look, I, I just, um, I'd love to just spend a lot of time with with Hendricks and um, pick him up from school, daycare or whatever, um, <laughs> yeah. do some cool little trips with him. But um, I... Um, well the time I, I think the time is, is coming now where I could really align myself with the uh the mental health um organisation, start doing some work with them, uh uh slowly and build it and build it into um I don't know, just, just something where we can make regular change. Um I um I'd love to get into the uh public speaking space. Um really um really work on my uh on my skills um uh what else I um
0: have you ever thought about politics
1: politics uh no not really I um I wouldn't know, <laughs> wouldn't know much about politics but um yeah look I'm I'm open to a lot of things um I'm just not sure yet but I guess maybe win the flag with the D's, that would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, let's,
0: let's start there. Let's start Let's start with winning the flag with the D's and finishing up from there. Hey, mate, mm-hmm. Um, I normally finish this podcast by, uh, and as a father, it will have extra significance to you as it does for me. For all the youngsters out there that have listened to this, and it'll be confronting at times for them and it'll be uplifting at times and it'll be sad for them at times, but, to give them some advice for those that want to achieve success. You've achieved success in so many different ways because
1: mm-hmm.
0: you've become a vibrant member of a new community. You've learnt a new language. You've learnt a new sport. You've taken that sport to the top level. You've, you've had a lot of success in this journey. Whether you recognise it or not, I don't know if you do. Yeah. But for those that are trying to achieve success, the youngsters are listening, what would you say to them, Madge?
1: it takes a lot of hard work and commitment and um you know like i'd uh, if whatever field they want to be successful in um that's going to take time um but just get into good habits early um i think you know you, you look at all the successful athletes or businessmen around the world um they, they dedicate their time to their to their craft or their area of expertise um You've got to put time and effort into it but don't be afraid to ask for help because there are people there out there that will help you get to where you want to get to um you've got to enjoy it and you've got to, you've got to, you've got to love what you do i think that's thing. yeah
0: and and for those that are having their struggles with mental health that you've outlined in great detail in the last hour or so, what would you say to those people? Um, from your
1: experience, my experience, um, don't don't ever feel like uh, you're you never alone. Um, you know, I think I think there's a great saying that goes, "A problem shared is a problem halved." Um, confide in someone. Tell someone you really trust um, what you're struggling with. Uh, they won't have all the answers but what they will do is um they'll support you and help you and direct you to um working with uh with a professional. And I think um there's a big there's a big stigma around around working with a professional. But like mate, I'm not i I'm not a I'm not a professional by any stretch of the imagination. I um my mental health um battles are different to the next person but what a professional does they um they identify what your problem is, they work with you without any without any judgment and um eventually you know they empower you and give you the tools uh so you can um so you can pick up on the little signs um along the way i think there's there's nothing more powerful than someone who can reclaim and regain their life and um keep. Doing what they love, so
0: yeah. And how, how are you tracking these days? Like, yeah, how are you going?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Um, you good. know, I still uh, there's still frustrating days. I mean, stuck stuck in traffic or all that stuff. Um, things things are never as bad as what they are. Um, I'm I'm still able to do what I love, which is play footy. Um, and these days, if I'm If I, if I feel like I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, I, um, I'll pick up a phone, have check-in with mum and dad, uh, speak to a mate, or if it's something that's really worrying that I'll go catch up with, uh, with my psychologist or psychiatrist and and just tell me, and, and, and just tell them and they tell me, look, um, things will be right, um, so, um, I've got the tools in place, um. And I've got the support around me to um, to help me if things are tough. But I'm in a good place. I, um, I get a lot of joy out of spending time with Hendrik. So he's a, a great little man.
0: Good. Um, we've talked about a lot of things here, um, but by no means have we covered one-tenth of what's in your book. So I couldn't recommend more highly people go and buy the book and read the book and learn about life and different backgrounds and what it takes to assimilate in a community and how difficult it can be and the journeys that people go on that end up on this country in this country mate i'm not sure at stages i've chosen the right words um across various topics i hope people take something from this podcast i will take so much from this and i have taken so much from the last couple of hours but if there's one thing i want to leave you with mm-hmm. It's, you've told a story of a bloke who's born in Sudan, had to race to Egypt, lived with a lot of people in a house, moved to a country where he didn't speak the language that he'd never heard off on the other side of the world. Yet that that fella from Sudan, my nine-year-old in Bowen Heads in Victoria, runs around in the backyard wanting to be. <laughs> That's... um. That's what I want you to take away from this conversation because he is one of thousands of little kids that look up to you that don't know half your story but just love watching you do what you do and love seeing light up a football field and the smile on your face and the joy. So that's what I want you to take away from this conversation that he is one of thousands, mate.
1: Thank you so much, Harry, for for giving me the opportunity to um, tell my story but also... Um, telling the way where um, where I felt so comfortable and um, yeah, mate. I I, I can't wait uh, for more people uh, to listen to my story and hopefully um, I can. Um, I've helped I've helped someone along the way or will continue to help people along the way. But um, I appreciate the opportunity given me, mate.
0: Good man. Stay safe. All right. People read the book. Look after yourself and here's to that Demon's Premiership, Madge.
1: (laughs) Thanks, mate. Cheers.
0: That is a conversation that will stay with me for a very long time. Obviously, not an easy one to have at times. Thanks is probably not the right phrase here in respect to Madge and the way he's told his story, but it's the best one I've got at the moment. Please, again, read Madge's book. Talk about it with your loved ones. It'll bring many conversations to the table, I reckon. Good luck to the big fella moving forward. Thanks to Adam Ramanaskis, Madge's manager at TLA, for making this podcast happen, probably over a two-year period. And also to Laura Nimmo at Penguin Random House Australia for making it happen. Madge's player profile will be out Thursday week, followed by dual triathlon world champion Emma Carney. Give your loved ones a hug. Check they're doing okay. Until next Thursday, peace and love.
1: And we can do it if we try, try, try If we try, try, try If we try, try, try Listener